What's going on, boss ladies? I am so excited this morning. Uh, I get to talk to a rock star, Miss Jennifer Meeker. Way, way, I don't know if it's down there, up there, over there in uh, Arizona. She's with Keller Williams, guys. Um, look, their team is rocking it. 49 transactions closing out the year. I am so ex super excited to be able to have the fabulous boss lady herself, Miss Jennifer. Jennifer, uh, introduce yourself. Tell the folks a little bit about you, and we're going to get this party going. Sure. So my name is Jennifer Meeker. I've actually been in real estate a little over five years. I came from a background as being a award-winning chef, so totally different change. I've been in real estate over five years. Um, I um, have had a part-time buyer's agent, but I have a full um, admin staff, operations manager, TC and stuff, looking for another buyer's agent. Um, but we're set to close about 49 this year, probably about seven to 8 million, uh, which is a huge, huge up, um, up from last year. I think we're over 300% over or something, 350% from last year as far as sales. So um, it's been a busy year, so. That sounds like an exciting year. So is this, uh, a new, is this a new thing for the team for you? Uh, what role do you play in the team? So I've been up to this point handling listings and well, sellers and buyers. Um, so I have, I usually carry anywhere from 25 to 35 listings at all times. So I'm definitely listing oriented, um, but I do work with buyers too. So we close probably, I think about maybe almost 30 buyers and I think about 20 sellers or so. So it's pretty even across the board. So I work with both. Um, so I'm more of the hands-on going out with the customer service, being with the clients, that kind of thing. So my operations manager who just came on board, um, cause I've had some um, transition, um, she just came on board. And so she's actually going to handle the CRM aspect, Facebook. Um, a lot of my business comes with referrals across the country from other agents. So that's a big, big part of my referral network. Um, so she's going to handle a lot of that. Um, so yeah, so my kind of role is being out there, um, creating leads, being with customers, you know, clients, um, selling houses. So I almost fell out of my chair. You like, I'm holding, look, I'm holding about 25 listings at any given time. So, okay, look, I know the ladies don't, they gonna kill me if I don't ask a certain question. So, you sure. know, you gotta bear with me because they like, they rough. They, you know, the boss ladies on uh, Real Estate Ladies Rock, they rough. So look, let me ask you, so how many uh, total uh, team members, uh, it, well, let me go back. Okay. When did you decide to say, I'm not gonna cook no more <laughs> as a chef? <laughs> So I, so this is actually, I had a long journey there. So I was a chef from, two, let's see, 1999, volunteered in 1998 till about 2012. I gave it up in 2012 um, and ended up having a restaurant in East Texas, did not do well, um, lost a bunch of money, actually filed bankruptcy. So this was a filed bankruptcy, got rid of my debt, had a foreclosure, everything. And then I'm like, I'm going to go into real estate. And it was more of a hobby at that point because I was not getting the training that I needed from my previous brokerage to know how to run my business properly. So when I moved over to Keller Williams, um, it was almost three years ago, um, that was just like a light bulb went off. I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Um, so then everything just kind of fell into place from there. But it's having the mindset, to be quite honest, to really be able to 
be able to get past that whole thing with being through the bankruptcy and the foreclosure and then being able to kind of reset your mindset and then go back into it. So it's been, it's been a long journey. So I'm probably a more unique story than most because I've been through, I think I've been through a lot um, and to bounce back has been, been amazing. So. Awesome. I'm, all I was thinking about is uh, Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Right. Oh, yes. So yeah, I, love, I love that show. I love it. Okay, so that's an interesting story. See, like, guys, everybody have a story. Everybody have a story. We didn't just, well, she didn't just, you know, fly up there and, and just landed uh, close to 49 deals a year. So um, let me ask you, how many people on your team? So I have two currently. So we have a TC, an operations manager, um, looking for a buyer's agent. Haven't found the right fit yet. So hopefully someone's watching from Tucson, Arizona, and they want to be a buyer's agent. Um, but uh, but my goal, so my goal on um, my goal for 2019 is to get a buyer's agent on board and possibly a listing agent. My my long-term goal for two to three years out is to step away from production. So almost take it up to a seventh level um, real estate agent following the MREA guidelines, um, taking it to that level and kind of stepping back. Um, you know, being previous career and stuff is pretty physically demanding. So I've been doing that since I was 17. Um, so it's, so I'm kind of ready to maybe more be more involved in the business aspect of it and building that and also coaching and training buyers agents and listing agents to be successful. Um, so that's kind of more of my goal, my long-term goal. Awesome. Awesome. Let me ask you, I don't know if you can see on your screen, uh, yes. the top level, I slide down a little bit. Okay. There you go. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, we, I just wanted to make sure I see all of the fabulousness. Uh, okay. So let me ask you why a team for you? Why, why did you decide to, to go for a team? So I am pretty much at my threshold. So, you know, you go in waves, you hit your, you hit your, your, your threshold, you push through it, you hit your next threshold, you push through it. I met my threshold now. So I unfortunately cannot handle more than that, than what we're doing. Um, just because there's not enough time in the day to be able to facilitate more and really provide excellent customer service. So I'm at the point now where I really need to delegate and um, delegate some of those responsibilities. And the easiest way is to do a buyer's agent because that unfortunately requires more time, more hands-on showing houses. I love working with buyers. I actually prefer it more than sellers, but it's just not something that's feasible um, with the volume that we have and the goals we have for next year. I won't be able to um, really give it the excellent customer service that I need to. So that's the next step in the team. Awesome. Because I know I hear a lot of the, the ladies like, you know, I need a team. I need a team. I'm getting ready to go out here and go get a team. And Jennifer, they have maybe five deals that they've done. And well, so when and that's and that's the biggest thing. So you can't rush it. You have to do it right. Um, and that was hard for me because I'm used to being um, one that kind of creates things, being a chef, you know, and having a restaurant. I'm used to being in control of that, but you can't do it. You have to actually. You have to set back and say, okay, this is the model. This is what I have to follow. So I follow the millionaire real estate agent model. I'm from Gary Keller, which is pretty much, um, you know, uh, comprising stories of real estate agents all across the country who are, are pulling in gross commission of over a million. 
Um, so I follow that and the rule of thumb is 28 to 32 transactions is your transaction coordinator or an admin, um, whether it be, you know, one or split time between both. Um, and then from there, you start to get a buyer's agent. So there's a certain process to it. You can't rush it because if you rush and take on a team at five, you're going to end up not supporting that buyer's agent with enough volume and then they're going to leave. And then every single time you take on a new person or in do that transition actually sets you back about three months as far as getting the training and everything else. So if that person doesn't work out and you've invested three months into it, then you're only setting yourself back. So you have to make sure that you hire right um, and make sure you do it in the right process. So slow to hire, yes. quick to hire. <laughs> yes. Get rid of it when you got to get rid of it. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So you mentioned something else uh, about supporting uh, the, the buyer agents. So you bring on these buyer agents, but you can't support them. So what do you mean when you say support them? Because, you know, my theory is if you don't have no business for them, you bring them on, you don't really have any business for them uh, to get them going. So how does that work in Tara's a team? I don't know if I lost you there. Well, Jennifer is going to come right back. I don't know, uh, you know, anything with the internet. It always happened. It always happened. But what I want to say is that for uh, you boss ladies is that basically what I was hearing as soon as we get Jennifer back that I was hearing is don't rush in getting us uh, saying that you, it's awesome to say you want a team, but don't rush in building your team up so fast that it's going to fall anyway. So if you don't have the structure right, it is not going to, uh, it's not going to work. So I always say slow to hire, quick to fire, because you get somebody in there um, that is not producing they don't really understand. I got you back, Jennifer. I was over here doing some coaching lessons. So, <laughs> so look, some training lessons while we lost you. But what I was sharing with the ladies was what you were saying is, you know, be slow to hire, uh, to building that team up. But let me ask you what I was uh, trying to get from you before we got uh, off the call was supporting your buyer agent. Because, you know, I get new agents as well experienced and say, oh, you know, I'm going to do my team, but they're not bringing, they don't have enough, um, what I'll say, people in the pipeline or anything that the buyer agents could work. And a lot of times, how, how do you support your buyer agents that way? Are you on mute? Unmute yourself. Okay. It's okay, guys. We're we going to get it together. There's a little microphone at the bottom. There we go. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> I had to switch to my phone to my iPad. So we're working here. <laughs> so, um, so that kind of hits the nail on the head. I mean, if you're going to, that's why you have to follow a model. You can't sit there and rush it because if you don't have enough business to take on a buyer's agent, then that's where it comes into the supporting them. It's your job as a team leader if you're running a team to be able to give them ample business and the tools to be able to be successful. And if you can't do that, then you're doing them a, dis a disservice. So you really have to follow that model and be able to have the leads in place in the pipeline. If you're not doing more than 32 to 40 transactions a year, then you should not be having a buyer's agent. Um, uh, Ms. Jennifer, can I, can I ask you this question? Can you repeat that really, really loud? <laughs> oh. 
it's really loud and clear. If you don't have the business, can you please repeat that again? Yes. If you are not doing 30 to 40 transactions yourself, then you should be not, you should not be hiring a buyer's agent. Because isn't it that I, I thought this was the role that you should be supporting your buyer agent with, you should have enough business that it will get them going because a lot of people are like, well, they're going to do their thing. They're going to go out here and get business. And when a buyer agent go, comes on a person team, they get frustrated because they don't have any business. Exactly. You know, because it's your job as a team leader. Now, it's also the job of the buyer's agent to be proactive and to go out and to bring up business and be involved and do open houses and do that. That's their duties. But as far as a team leader, it's your job to have the leads to get them going, to educate them and teach them to go out there and get those leads. But if you don't have, if you're only doing five transactions a year, you're not running your business. That's, that's how it is. You know, you're a hobby. You're not running a business. If you're doing 30 to 40 transactions a year, you're running a business. So there's a big distinction there. And it, in my opinion, it's irresponsible because you have, you're, you're in charge of that person. You're taking on their financial security in your hands. So if you only have five or 10 transactions a year, then you are doing definite injustice to that person because you're not able to give them the financial freedom that they could be having. So it's, you have to follow the model. You can't rush it. So guys, yeah, I hear that. Uh, go get that book. If you're even thinking about doing a team, the MREA uh, book by Gary Keller, best book out there thus far. It is the uh, hands down, especially if you're trying to build a team. Okay. Let me ask you this last one on the team thing. So what is that ideal uh, buyer agent? What if you had to, hmm, what, what are you looking for in a buyer agent? Look, you got the platform because you got all these boss ladies there. Maybe somebody from Arizona. <laughs> yes. What are you looking for, Miss Jennifer? So, so we actually at Killer Williams are really big into disc profiles or KPAs. So we're more into uh, determining what the strengths are as far as personality because a buyer's agent really should be a specific disc type um, as far as because buyer's agents are more patient. They're more um, hands-on. They're more... Um, it's just it's a different mindset. Um, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of high D's. So D is the driver. So the high D is the one that drives you is someone that's intense that goes, 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 you know, and that kind of thing. So certain personalities work well for a buyer's agent, but what I ideally look for is I look for someone who's looking for full-time position, taking on someone part-time is going to kill you because you're going to spend all that time training someone. And then they're only going to be there 20 hours a week and do one transaction. That is not what you're looking for. If you're looking to up your business, you need someone who's going to do full-time. You need someone, I usually say they have to close two to four transactions a month. So that's their minimum. They have to do that. Um, they have to be able to be a self-starter. So they have to be able to be tech savvy as well. Facebook. Um, we have other different programs, so Keller Williams, that you have to be able to do. Um, so just being able to get on there and being able to to produce being able to go out to events it's not just open houses it's going out to events events is where you can get leads too so being proactive and going out to those um being being willing to learn you know have an open mind um a lot of people will say well do i want to hire an agent right out of school you know and there's good and bad to that because you have someone who's a blank canvas that you can mold but you also have to train them from the beginning on and you have to be able to have the time to do that 
But if you're staying, if you're doing 30 to 40 transactions a year, you probably don't have the time to really be able to train them properly. Um, not unless you're out of production, you're uh, you know, a third or fourth level agent and you're stepping away. Um, so you kind of, you want someone who's got some seasoned, um, a little bit seasoned behind them. Um, and just someone who's a go-getter who resonates with your ethics and morals. Um, anyone can be a buyer's agent. It's finding who fits your team um, and who fits your ultimate goal. Uh, everyone should have a big why. And that's a big platform of MREA and taking bold trainings. I've been through bold three times at KW. Um, it's all about your big why. If your big why resonates with that person, then that's a great start. But it's just, you just have to find someone who has the same values as you. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so uh, balance. Because managing a team, managing your life, uh, and you know, just having some sanity. I'm not gonna lie, just having some sanity. How do you manage and balance? You know, do you take a day off? Do you have office hours? Well, and up to this point, I pretty much been doing everything myself, and I am definitely burned out a little bit. You know, so that was why I. I identified the problem and knew that I had to get someone stronger in the office. Um, even though I have a wonderful TC who's been holding stuff down, she's not licensed, so she's limited on what she can do. Um, but she's incredible. It's been a huge support in what I've done. Um, but getting the operations manager on board, someone who has ran a team, um, and that team that she came from does anywhere from 11 to 20 million a year in sales. So that was definitely someone who's used to that dynamic and that support that really is going to implement. Um, it's going to really be a huge, um, you know, a huge opportunity for me to go ahead and take this to the next level and be able to be sane. Um, right now it's like every day. <laughs> okay. hour, you know? So, but, um, but I am planning to take a day off probably every Tuesday starting, <laughs> starting, beginning of the year, I'll be off on Tuesdays, um, just for my own peace of mind. Um, and I'm actually gonna do it where I'm gonna forward all my phone calls to my operations manager so she can handle stuff and be involved. So I think it's getting the right person in place to be able to help you with that. Because if you're trying to do 40, 50 transactions by yourself with a TC, you're probably not gonna have any sanity because- No, you're not. <laughs> I don't care what they say. They shouldn't call it all they want. No, you're not. So guys, a TC transaction coordinator, is it a virtual assistant coordinator or in-house? She's in-house. Okay, awesome. So operations manager, licensed agent, that, how did you come about your, uh, are they typically the licensed agents and they're just running the team? They're like second in command uh, of you. Right. Yes, correct. So, so you, you probably want to have someone, one person licensed, at least on your team. Um, ideally having a transaction coordinator license is where you want to go. It doesn't have to be, um, cause there are a lot of things they can do without being licensed. Um, but you want to have at least one person licensed that can also talk to clients. So it's about creating that system of that follow-up and customer service. So if you're out there and you're in the production, you're doing everything, that actual operations manager can step in and also um, put out fires. They can go ahead and talk to clients. They can also go ahead and do a, um, a pre-qualification for your sellers. I mean, everyone should be doing this, but everyone should be vetting their sellers and buyers anyways. And that operations manager can allow you to do that. Um, they can, you know, typically when you have a seller come in, and this is kind of going to go a little bit off topic, um, but when you have a seller, seller come in, 
you know, and they want to go ahead and list their property, you should be sending out a seller's packet prior. You should have someone who's a licensed agent on the phone asking them questions. What's their motivation? That way, you know, when you're going, how you're going to be able to handle that conversation and take control of it. So that person also can make a better experience um, for your client by supporting you in what you're doing. We're, we're really the face. Um, we get to that level of having so many transactions. We're really just the face of the company. So we're the ones who are the PR, so to say, you know, and everyone else is the one who facilitates the smoothness behind it. So I, yeah, I, love, that. I love that concept because I met a, uh, I met an agent some years ago. He said, well, you know, I never go to like, he was doing a uh, maximum, he was doing um, short sales and he okay. was like, you know, I never go to the house. There's no need for me to go to the house. He said, you know, uh, they came to the office but one, it took that tension away from them having yeah. to do the short sales. So they came into the house, and I, I mean, came to the office and signed papers and stuff. And because all he had to do was send the photographer over or send somebody over. I just thought that was okay. But I understand having other people in place. So when you do go to the listing, it's like all kind of like it's already a done deal. All you're doing basically yeah. now is explaining you know, the, the market, the statistics, the numbers and getting the contract done. Like uh, Exactly. It's, it's being, being prepared. Real estate is a lot about timing and it is about skill, but it's also being prepared. So you have, and it's all biggest thing I could emphasize is systems. If you follow a model and follow systems, it will put you up for success, but you have to follow them. You can't rush it. You can't, you can't, you know, cut corners. You can't do that. You have to follow the systems um, because they're proven. The people who are doing this are pulling in tons amount of, ton, you know, tons of money doing incredible business. So it's proven they're doing it. And this is obviously one that's working. Now you have a lot of adapting and shifting with the market and stuff that you have to kind of take into consideration, but the systems never go away. So that's why the book MRA is great because it gives you the whole accounting expenses of where you're supposed to be at financially everyone should be tracking numbers. If you're not tracking numbers, you're not running your business because you should know exactly how much GCI you're pulling in. You should know where your expenses are. You should know your conversion ratios. You should know all of that. Um, it just, I mean, it just, it sets you up. Having a team in place and the good people sets you up for success. It's like when I was in the kitchen, um, my employees made me look good. And that's like any business. Your employees make you successful. Um, yes, you have a lot to do with it, but they're the ones who set you up for success. So if you have good people in place and can set all that up and follow the systems and it will catapult you into that next level. And that's what we're looking to do next year. Cause we're looking to double next year. <laughs> so it's well, pretty you already said it. So claim it. It is yours. I'm going to be like on you, like Jennifer, where you at, where you at? Exactly. <laughs> you can, well, they hold you, you accountable too, because a lot of times Real estate is a different from any job. We don't have someone over us, a boss saying, are you going to go ahead? Are you doing this? Are you on time? Are you late? Did you go to lunch on time? You know, they're not there to do that because you are a self-starter. So if that's something that you can't do, then you know that if you want to take it to the next level, you have to be in a position where someone's going to be able to keep you on track and keep you organized. I'm a self-starter to a certain point, And then I need someone to say, okay, where are you at in your schedule? Have you managed this? You know, um, put it in your calendar. Do you have enough time? What are we doing? You know, so there's, a, I mean, I know that I've been more successful in that environment when someone's structuring me. Um, so I just know that from being in the kitchen because I, 
it's just a little bit different, you know, on, on how that whole environment works. Um, but you definitely, you have to, it's just systems. Everyone has yeah. to follow the systems. You can't just be so repetitive. You just can't rush it. You can't. Yeah. I, I totally agree. So yeah. now that we're down to systems, let's go. Uh, Cause I know you got to go and make some boss moves. So we're going, I'm going I'm to ask the questions, ladies. I'm going to ask the questions, but this is some good stuff because having an accountability partner because you know when we first say like you know what i'm the boss i don't, mm -hmm. I don't have to answer to nobody i can do what i want to do i can wake up when i feel like it i can go you have to have structure if you're running a business okay. like that so let me ask you what systems are you guys doing keeping everything in place what system so we do a lot on cte which is a keller williams program so pretty much in excel so anyone could probably create this on their own it tracks all my conversion ratios. It tracks all of my GCIs. Um, it also tracks clients in there. So it does a little bit of everything. So it's a great program. Um, I'm sure there's other ones possibly out there. We just get one for free through our, our brokerage. Um, so I use that a lot. Um, we also have some other tools, but I'm, I'm more inclined to use CTE because I'm more um, used to using Excel from being in the kitchen. So it resonates better with me. Um, I also, I have a bookkeeper who comes once a month who says, you know what, um, this is what you can take this month. Just because you have money coming in doesn't mean you should be taking it all because you're running a business. So this year I set up my LLC or putting myself on a salary. And, and when she comes in and says, this is your gross commission this month, this is what you can take for a salary. That's running a business. Because you know, I wonder this, uh, Jennifer, I wonder if everybody did that, you know, that concept mm -hmm. and the how much money they really made and how much really yeah. how much money they really have to spend, I guarantee you they'll get out there and work. Because that five thousand dollar check you thought you had, yes. you can go and spend the whole five thousand when you realize that out of that five thousand you might really only have seven hundred fifty dollars. Well, exactly, because you need to know your cost of doing business, you know? So just because you pull in 5000 you lose 35% of it roughly to taxes, depending on your tax bracket. You know, you're also going to have whatever fees you pay to your brokerage on top of that. Um, you're you're going to have your admin TC fees. You're also going to have any office fees. We pay for an office. Um, so you're going to have all that by said and done. So you, you have to know your operating expenses to be able to understand what, um, what you can take. So it's not like, oh, I made... 10,000 in gross commission this month, I'm going to take all 10. You can't, you have to leave, the rule of thumb is to leave two months worth of operating expenses in your business. That's what you want to do or build up to. So that way if something does happen, you have a slow month, you have enough to get through it to pay your staff. Um, so it's just, it's, it's running the business, not letting the business run you. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that they don't look at it as a business. We are running a business. We are independent business owners. Um, and as women, we need to be able to do that efficiently um, and really know, know what's going on. And so I, I have a bookkeeper. Um, I have a CPA, but I have a bookkeeper who comes in once a month. My operations manager is working with her to ensure everything's on budget um, to make sure that we are. If, so if I have a bad month and I can only take $2,000 and I'm only taking $2,000, and I better figure out a way to pay my bills, you know, because the business comes first. Um, so I do that with the systems. I follow law of the MREA. Um, this is the first year I'm on the ALC for Keller Williams. So we're the top 20% of the market, um, our market centers. So that's gonna be a big influence on um, getting back to the systems, implementing some other training opportunities for other agents and stuff like that. So it's, um, but we follow, it's just about, we're very, I'm very much a list person. 
So we have lists for risk reductions. Every time a file comes in, my TC has a list that she has to follow so she knows what documents she needs. Um, we do a lot with Folio. Um, Folio, unfortunately, isn't free anymore, but you can do it for $25 a month and it sets up a timeline for everyone so they can all join and that way they know exactly what inspections are. Um, we also, we don't use the CRM that's provided with Kilowams. Um, we're actually, they're launching new ones in March. Um, I might eventually go toward that. I know they're gonna have some hiccups, so I was hesitant to do it until they worked those out, but I pay for Lion Desk. Um, so we track, you know, all of our drip campaigns in there, all of our conversion ratios of emails opened. Um, it's just having those systems in place where it's foolproof. We have an operations manual that we're working on to get that done. Um, so that way if someone comes in and I'm not there and we have a buyer's agent or something, my operations manager can train them and say, okay, here's our systems. Here's what's going on. Um, you just got to run it like a business. You know, we're, we're amazing business women. You know, we, we just need to be running it like that instead of having to run up. <laughs> we rock. Yes, we do. And you're so right. I'm going to ask you two questions, but you're sure. so right when it comes to, I think my person, this is my personal opinion, guys. I think the reason why most real estate agents fail mm -hmm. in the business is because they didn't run a business. It's yes. not that they didn't fail to not knowing their job. You know how to go do a listing. You know how to talk to people. You know how to do all of those things. What we failed at was we didn't know how to run a business like a business. You can say I'm a business owner, but as you were saying, I have uh, things in place. I got an operation managed uh, book. I got a step-by-step -step guide of the how-tos. Mm -hmm. My team know they got rules. Uh, my admin has rules. And I do my books. I know my numbers. I know how many appointments it's going to take me to get a transaction. Yeah. I just think that we just got a real estate license and we just start going selling, you know, go tell all your friends and your family, your real estate agent, and you just start selling. And you have no idea how to run a business. And it's not that it's bad. But it's bad. <laughs> well, and that's why it's so important to get linked with a brokerage. It's not about the money that you put out. And I learned that the hard way. It's not about going to a brokerage that has the lowest cap or the lowest transaction fee because you're going to make more money. Because usually something's lacking and that's the training. You really need to weigh paying more money out, getting the proper training and the systems of running a business and then transition into a brokerage that maybe is less fee so you can make more money. But if you go and you, and unless you have someone mentoring you, you're not going to have any idea what you're doing. And so you're going to go in there. It's going to be a hobby. It's not going to be a business. Um, and that was my experience with the previous brokerage. I was there about two and a half years. First year, I think I did like five transactions. And mm -hmm. the next year, I think I did three or four. So it was nothing. And it was a hobby. And I switched over to Keller Williams, our first, uh, we went from February in 2016 to the end. I think we did 18 um, transactions. I think we did, no, I think we did nine. So we doubled. Last year we did 19 or 18 transactions and this year we're at 50. So having that, that, amazing. And that was about systems. It was all about systems and knowing how to run the business. I mean, you should be knowing what your expenses run. You should be knowing that salaries are so much of your expenses. Um, you should be looking at to say, okay, if I want to make 300,000 GCI or whatever, um, then how many listings do I have to take? How many listing appointments do I have to go on? How many buyer appointments do I have to go on? All of it's an MREA. So you should be following all of that. Um, but yeah, if you don't get the training and do that, so that's why 
when agents post, I'm going to go to this place. I only have to pay $200 a transaction. I'm like, well, how's the training? And they're like, it's okay. And I'm like, so do you want to pay no money if you're trans? So it's like, do you want to pay $800 a year or something to have no training to be able to possibly, I don't know, make $5,000 or do you want to pay 15 grand to make gross $300,000, you know? So it's, it's, it's spend money to make money, you know? So like we, we have a pretty hefty cap, you know, in Arizona and Tucson. Um, and so, I mean, it's a lot, you know, but you're also paying to be set up to have this success. Um, we do training. Oh my gosh. Every day, multiple times at all our offices. Um, we're very supportive of each other. I mean, we're always, we're just, everyone's very glued into the MREA. So, which is an amazing book, but, um, we're going to have to have a, um, uh, a book club or something on here. We're going to have to like, uh, because you know what? It doesn't matter which brokerage you're at to oh, no. uh, to utilize it. Trust me, there's probably, there's tons and tons of people from everywhere yes. that utilize that, that system and that model. And I think to keeping everybody on structure, on, mm -hmm. uh, on point. And it, it's just, it's so crucial to know what you're doing today or what you get ready to do tomorrow. And so on. everyone should have had their 2019 goals set six months ago. I had mine set probably eight months ago. And mm -hmm. then I revisited them probably a couple months ago and retweaked them. But everyone should already have their goals. They should already know how many appointments they have to take and how much monthly GCI they're supposed to be doing. You should, you should know that. I mean, we're going to work on that, Jennifer. Look, we, we, you know, we got some boss ladies out here that, that need a little bit of help. That's why we have you boss ladies uh, ready. So, look, um, I know you mentioned early on, you said a lot of your business come from referral, referrals yeah. from agents to agents across the country. I'm assuming you guys, is this just uh, from your company, agent to agent referral, or is this is it a site? So um, I actually, so I do a lot of Facebook um, um, with the referrals. Um, a lot of them are Keller Williams groups. Um, we're, for the brokerage in itself is pretty heavy in a referral network across the country. So that's a pretty big um, influence for a lot of the brokerages. Um, there are some other independent ones that any brokerage can post in. So I still respond to those. So I've, I've had referrals from, from non-KW agents before. So that, I mean, it's, it just depends. Um, but um, but I probably, I probably do about over 75% of my business with agent referrals across the country. So, um, wow. and then a lot of the times we'll find them a great house or sell their house. And then they'll have other family members who are looking to move. So even though you're giving up a referral fee to that agent to go ahead and get that in, it also snowballs into their friends and family that also need a real estate agent too. So it's so worth it because you also get connected with they're, they're your number one advertising, you know, they're the ones who are going to go out there and promote you. Um, but it's been, so I, I mean, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I've had them from all other states, um, all different areas, um, listings and buyers. So I've had both from, from, you know, referral agents and stuff, but, um, but yeah, I'm extremely proactive in, in Facebook. Um, I think you have to be, that's the way of our, our world now is social media, Instagram, Facebook. So, so let me ask you this personal page, business page. So I have both um, because of my friends that I had on my personal one and most of them are agents and it, had, it was built up so, so um, had so many friends, it was so built up. I do a lot of my personal page. 
Um, now I know there's a big, you know, everyone's kind of a mixed opinion on that. I do have a business one, which does have some likes and stuff, but I do, I do more in my personal just because I, have, I think I have about 35, 3,800 friends. So it's just more of, um, it's more of a draw across the country to get that word out, you know, um, that might change. We'll have to see my operations manager put some place because she's the boss. So she's the one who's like, we're doing this. And I'm like, okay. Absolutely. Okay. So I know you're going to be running out. So let me ask you, uh, I'm not even going to talk about leads. Like I'm not going to talk <laughs> about paid leads. We, we going because I already know if you're part of uh, that massive family over there at KW, we already know that I'm hoping that you're going to say what I'm going to say. Uh, leave that stuff alone and go out here and build you some relationships and some business mm -hmm. relationships and create your own opportunity and you don't have to be buying any leads. So I'm not even going to ask that one. What I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you before any tips, any uh, last minute tips. This is going to go to our new agents. Uh, any okay. of wisdom, tips that you can give, anything you say, plug into any books, any whatever you want to say in this last couple mm -hmm. of minutes. Guys, I, as much as I love talking to you, Jennifer, because I know <laughs> I, can, I, got a, I got a lot of questions, so we're going to talk about that later. But you got the floor. You got the floor. Okay. So, gosh, tips. Okay. So definitely pick up MREA. Um, there's other books out there that are fantastic. Um, maybe read one book a month. I think it's a good goal to set. It doesn't have to be something that's business related with real estate. It could still also be a... Um, a self-promoting type book or about um, mindset that's still good to read. Um, if you're with Keller Williams, definitely go to Bold. Um, I think Bold is incredible. I've been through three times. Um, it launched my business like crazy. Um, so if you are in the brokerage, go there. Anybody who's not in KW, you can still go to Bold. You can still participate. You still get the materials to have the listing presentations and everything else to set yourself up. Know your scripts. Scripts are huge. If you don't know how to handle objections, you should not be going on an appointment because you need to be able to combat that because you're going to get objections everywhere. Um, I don't pay for leads. Um, I might pay for the dialer and go expired and cancel because I've had some success with that, but I don't pay for any of the leads. So you should be able, you should be going to an event or two events every weekend, not just open houses. So you should be going out there and you should be getting um, connected with people. Um, and, and build those relationships. Um, and do not, do not be hiring a buyer's agent if you're under 30 transactions or 40 transactions, um, because you're just going to be wasting everyone's time at that point. So. Awesome. So look, that was like, look, I'm trying to get my notes over here uh, of what you to not to do. So all of my, my, my new agents and whatever, this is a, this is a, a wonderful business. Like we have an awesome, awesome business. We get to uh, bring dreams to reality uh, with a lot of people. And, and I'm, I'm just so happy that I get to connect with you guys. And I appreciate you, uh, Jennifer. I'm going to let you go because I know you said, look, coach, you got this much time. <laughs> and we gonna be I got to go show houses. So oh, yes, you got to go make the boss move. <laughs> right. So look, guys, as I end all calls, and Ms. Jennifer, hold on before you hang up. So boss ladies, as I end all calls, all sessions, I am a great agent making a lot of money. I am the boss. You the boss. No, be, don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable in this. Guys, we'll see you soon. Um, and bye. <laughs> bye, everyone. All righty. <laughs>